All right, welcome back to Fright Central. I'm Doc, back here again with Keck. How's it going, buddy? It is going, man. It is going. I'm glad. Dude, it's been like fucking summer up here until like the last week in the Northeast. And uh, like it's starting, you know, because Halloween is like one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, like it's finally like starting to feel like autumn. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like October, I think is probably my favorite month out of the entire year. And it's starting to actually feel like October. It's starting to feel like Halloween. And, uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, did you, uh, watch any Friday 13th movies for, for Friday 13th? I did not. I didn't even think of it. Um, well, you know, I shouldn't say that because I would say at least, once every day i think about jason so you know <laughs> there's always some thought there but no i haven't watched like a whole friday the 13th movie beginning to end in quite some time and now that you uh mention it like uh, i'm kind of ashamed i'll have to get on that yeah you're gonna have to i watched uh, jason lives uh probably my second favorite uh Friday 13th movie? Uh, I, the only reason I didn't watch Friday 13th Final Chapter, which is my favorite, was because I just watched it at an outdoor screening not that long ago. So I decided to go with Jason Lives. This I got to tell you, uh, yeah, I agree Jason Lives would probably be my second favorite, but like a strong, a strong number three. Almost Breaches in Two is for me a new beginning. Even though Jason wasn't in it, I gotta tell you, I just really, really, really like that one. I thought it had, like, the perfect, like, vibe of, like, you know, camper sex and slashing and shit like that. Like, I don't know. I, I don't... And that whole... that I love that whole sequence where Vic is chopping wood before he chops the guy. If you... You know, we always liked it that he acts the guy. And, you know, we used to send each other the clip and stuff like that. But if you look at it from, like, a, a director standpoint, that whole scene is awesome. Like, he's chopping wood and you can see the bark, like, flying up at him. Like, is... That's just a really cool scene. I, like, actually... I watched that, like, maybe not that long ago, just that clip, because, like, I like the character Vic, and I kind of thought, like, it would have been a cool thing if Vic turned out that he was the guy that escaped from police custody after he got arrested and he put on the Jason hockey mask rather than, you know, it turns out that, what was that, his nephew or... um. It, uh, his, I don't know, it was like he, the guy Vic killed was a member of that paramedic's family who turned out to be Jason. I think it would have been a much better story if you were going to do like uh, Jason, but non-Jason would have been if Vic actually became Jason. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I was thinking about that not that long. Like I said, I think about Jason every single day. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't actually watched the huge one, but yeah, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five is a strong, a strong candidate in third place for me. 
Uh, for third, for me, it would have to be probably Jason X for some reason. Because <laughs> yeah. it might be as Cecilius, but has some great fucking kills. Yo, no, Jason X has like one of the most crazy like production costs to box office gross out of, I, I think it made the most money out of any Friday the 13th movie in terms of what it cost to make the movie, which was... I mean, there are some, I remember in theaters, like them showing the gun that one of the uh, guys were holding and like they showed like the whole length of the gun and how ridiculous it looked. It looked like a bunch of tubes like that were just duct taped together. And like I could hear the audience in the theater laughing. Like just because you could see like how ridiculous it looked and like people were laughing like, my God, like that got into the movie. Like they couldn't, (laughs) like you could buy a toy fucking gun at Kmart. Kmart was still around, but like, you know I mean? It was really ridiculous, but um, I'm pretty sure. And I, you know, double check this, but uh, I think in terms of what it costs to make the movie, because basically the entire budget went into CGI which, you know, uh, I thought that they did a very good job with the CGI and Jason X, but I'm pretty sure in terms of what it cost to make that movie and then the actual draw that it pulled in at the box office, I think had like the best ratio in terms of like generated income when you look at, at it that way. But I'm not 100% certain on that, so... But uh, yeah, Jason X I thought was fucking awesome. I saw it twice in theaters. I think with yeah. you both times. Probably. Like I know we went as a big group one time, and then I went with like a smaller group. But yeah, I saw that shit opening night. Fuck yeah! Uh, well, the TV series that you know they have only the rights to make a TV series. They don't have also the uh, rights to the film because that's a whole nother, uh separate thing but you know it's uh but they can use everything in the tv they can use everything from the movies yeah so uh i I hope they don't use space he said Uh, if you go 10 season i'm gonna figure out a way to get jason into space so (laughs) but if if we go 10 seasons he said yeah yeah i'm glad that he's being ambitious yeah (laughs) uh well a24 also recently was trying to bid for the rights to the halloween uh, series, but uh, they did not win. Uh, Miramax won instead, so they're going to be developing a TV series and movies uh, soon. The, okay, I wasn't privy to this, so there was a news. there was a you just found this out today this week. Yes, this week. So I think on Friday thirteenth, I think they announced it. <laughs> so this was a so I'm I'm understanding correctly. This was a bid for the rights of the Halloween franchise to be adopted into a television series. It's for rights for both the uh, TV Films series and that, movies, but they, oh, okay. their immediate plan is to do a TV series first, and they want to do a whole like Halloween cinematic universe where it's going to be series leading to movies and stuff like that. Oh, okay. That's, That's cool. I didn't, I didn't, well, um, I don't know. I really hope there aren't any more Halloween movies, man. Like, I, how terrible the last one was. Yeah. Um, they were really, really, really bad. Um, 
I don't think I want to see another Halloween movie unless maybe it's something like um, we have a long pause in between them. Maybe it's something like um, uh, anniversary of this last really shitty movie they had. Because, I mean, my goodness gracious, I mean, there's been some fucking bad Halloween movies. But I think that this last one really took the fucking cake. You know what I mean? Like, it, re- they really went... I- to I don't focus even on Corey and not fucking Myers at all. I don't, the last dude, I don't even think Michael Myers. I, I don't even understand what the fuck they were going for. Like, if I was in the writing room when, like, let's say you know I'm a producer and you know I have a couple you know script writers and maybe you know a director, whoever's going to be pitching this idea to the studio. Um, if I'm in there and. I'm the person that's going to decide whether or not I'm going to invest in this project or not. I would be like, are you guys fucking shit? Like, I would honestly think that that would be a fucking joke. Like, like if they tried to, especially like the idea, especially the idea of having like Michael Myers as like a hobo in a tunnel. Like I would honest, if they told me that I would yeah. think that they were fucking around. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I just don't. And yeah. the way they make the trailers out to be in that one was like all between Myers and Lori. And like, like I don't remember that kid being in the trailers at all. And then like, that's only like maybe five minutes of the fucking movie. Uh, this, like, this Michael uh, Myers movie was this the you know what I there they all blend together because several Halloweens came out in such quick succession. But was the intro to this one the one where the kid that he was babysitting fell from the top of the stairs and went yeah. splat? Was that the intro intro scene or yes. that was the most? I like that scene. Yeah, I, I like the introduction. I thought that was like really cool. He locks him in the closet and everything. Like I, I, I like that scene. Yeah, um, but then to focus the whole movie on that kid. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I could see him being a character in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not basing everything where he becomes a killer because, you know, it's supposed to be him like defeating his demons about what happened to him and, you know, how he makes amends for this terrible, tragic accident. Not that like he decides like, oh, yeah, like how I accidentally killed that fucking kid. Now I'm going to go and become the psycho. Everybody thinks I am. I borrowed too hard into this because we already covered this one, but like, Ooh, I guess my point being a television show. I think it would be a great idea. I'd really be into a season one or maybe like a limited mini series of like a Halloween show. But uh, I don't think we need any feature-length movies for the foreseeable future. Yeah, uh, if, yeah. if ever again, really. Unless well, they want to make one more, so that people will forget about like this being the last in the franchise. Yeah. Well, I think the TV series will show that that this is that wasn't the last of the franchise. So yeah. I think you, I think you just stick, you know start fresh with a fresh Halloween TV series. Maybe retire the character of Warrior Strode. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Start, start, start over. But if A24 had gotten the rights, 
they would have had the rights to that. And Freddy, we possibly could have gotten a Myers versus, I mean, sorry, a Myers versus Jason, not Freddy. So they, yeah. they would have a Friday 13th. Uh, so we could have gotten uh, Myers versus Jason. Yeah, I mean, the, the, everybody want Freddy versus Jason. You know, uh, there were some mixed uh, reviews on that one. But yeah, um, I think a uh, a, a Freddy um, or a Freddy, a Jason versus Michael would be. Although I, I just see Jason like just killing him with his machete immediately. And then that just being the end. Yeah, I mean, especially since uh, the last one, uh, Myers got beat up by Corey in a fucking sewer. After, yeah, even though I mean, the last one ended with him taking out like 50 fucking towns members that were all armed to the teeth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He gets beat up easily by some fucking kid who was getting bullied by some fucking like marching band members. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I would see it as maybe they could just do it as like sort of a spoof. Like if they if they were going call it something else, like the new Friday the 13th movie. And then you have Mike Myers in the beginning where people are like, oh, shit. So this series is going to be about Jason and Michael Myers. But in like the like you have Michael Myers about to creep up on some chick in like the first like five minutes of the episode. And then you have Jason just come in, slash him, like decapitate him right then and there. And like then never mention Michael Myers again. So it was just like <laughs> Jason came in, killed Michael Myers. That's how Michael Myers ends up dying by Jason and he's never to be talked about again. <laughs> yeah, you just ignore that character anyway. That's but, what uh, I would pitch to the writers. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> to the producer. Well, speaking of uh, TV series and characters, or actors anyway, that aren't returning, why don't we talk about uh, oh, season three? <laughs> the sadness the here. Yeah, the fact that Cavill's not going to be back for uh, season four. It's going to be Liam Hensworth. I mean, we've already talked about that announcement back when it uh, had happened. But uh, Do you think that this has something to do with the uh, IMDb ratings that we just discussed before uh, starting the cast? Because I was kind of shocked by that when I wanted to um, discuss a particular episode, which was my favorite episode in Witcher season three. And when I pulled up the, um, by episode list, I wanted to make sure I knew which episode it was out of the eight. And when I was doing so, I noticed that like this season got some truly appalling ratings compared to the past two seasons. And I'm wondering if the fact that Henry Cavill is not coming back maybe affected some of the fans of this show to give negative reviews or have like a general negative uh, vibe or connotation to like the future of the series. And that kind of like brought out like some hatred. Like, I don't know. Do, do you see that? Like trolling, have like you like shit. gone on like social networking and like seen anything about this? Like, uh, do you have a sense of like how fans feel about this uh, change? Because 
to me, I know people are disappointed. I haven't heard anyone that has said, oh, I'm glad Henry's not going to be coming back for The Witcher Season 4. I haven't heard that at all. And no, neither have I. Um, I actually just found out that it's not the Hemsworth I thought it was going to be because the two brothers, what they have an older brother, but I'm talking about the one's 40 and one's 33. I'm not sure how old the eldest brother was, but I thought it was Liam Hemsworth. You know, you know, you thought it was Chris Hemsworth. Oh, I thought it was Chris. He's the all right because they look identical. I thought they if, were twins. If Chris Hemsworth played Thor. Liam Hemsworth was in okay. like uh, the cabin in the woods. No, that's Chris Hemsworth. Oh, that's Chris. I have. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to call Hemsworth. Then I have no idea. And to me, they are just Chris Hemsworth was in uh, like the Hunger Games. Which one was in Cabin in the Woods? Chris Hemsworth. He's Thor. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. He's the Thor was in the Cabin in the Woods one. Yeah, the one that's forty years old right now. Yes. Okay, and Liam is seven years younger. Yes. Thirty-three. Yes. And so, they were well, identical. Yeah, apparently they have like an in-universe explanation for like uh, uh, the change in appearance. I think they should have just not mentioned it. Yeah, like there is, and like they just become one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but uh, yeah, it's definitely like I don't know. Um, I know like a lot of people are upset and it, and that he was leaving, or I mean, whether it was his choice or not, or a combination, like. There's a lot of speculations of why he left and everything. Yeah, but uh, there were uh, there were certain articles um, I had read, like a little expose about like why he left, and it pulled um, it pulled uh, interviews with him from different interviews that he had given and taken certain things he had said about like why he was leaving the witcher and it kind of brought it all together and it seemed like the most definitive reason he was leaving was he knew he had something else that he could go to that's number one so it wasn't like he was going to be retiring from acting or that he didn't want to be like a a feature character in something like this or anything else. Um, He knew he had something else to go to, which was exciting for him. Um, That would make him, you know, uh, would continue his stardom. But it seemed like that wasn't the key motivating factor. It seemed that he had some creative differences uh, yes yeah, so i heard as well like yeah, but i've never read the book there was so. a lot of rumors i hear what you're saying like we don't yeah. know for 100 percent certain unless we had him here to talk to him we don't know 100 percent. but based on everything that he said when they brought it all together the number one reason he left because he said that this was like one of his dream jobs he said it's his favorite video game he said he's read all the books he said that this is one of his favorite characters i think he said that Geralt is his favorite character 
actually, from like all this stuff. If you look at like, you know, the comic book universe and all the characters and the like mythological realms, I think he said Geralt was his favorite. So this is a job he obviously deeply wanted. So there had to be significant uh, things that he had heard or he had discussed with the writers or creators, director, whatever. And I'm guessing like, I don't know if he like talked to him and voiced that. I, I have to think that they had some kind of dialogue where, you know, he wasn't just like, look, um, I plan to quit, like based on where you guys are going. They had to have some kind of back and forth, right? Yeah, I mean, we heard like, what was it, during the second season that he was already having problem with the direction that the... He had uh, concerns, he mentioned. Yeah. yeah, and then I guess like it came to a kind of a breaking point for him, I guess, during filming season three where he... They like, didn't oh. want to budge. So this was like basically two different visions as to yeah. where... Well, I can tell you what the uh, one of the main producers on the show said. He said, when a series is made for a huge mass of viewers with different experiences from different parts of the world, and a large part of them are Americans, these simplifications not only make sense, they're necessary. So what mm. he's basically saying is like he dumbed down the show for, uh, for Americans. Us, us classless yeah. Americans. It's painful for us and for me too, but the higher level nuance and complexity we have, a smaller range, it won't reach people. Wow, like, so he's basically saying like Americans are these like brainless peons that need like their art spoon fed to them yeah, or something like that. Really not because... true. There's plenty of complex shows that can show otherwise. Like exactly, yeah, that's especially if Yo. you're trying to be the next Game of Thrones, and everybody understood all the complexities of Game of Thrones. Like, seriously, like I, it... I haven't read the book, so I could not compare the show to the book, but. What would you call that? Like um, American phobia? Like, you know, you have racism, sexism. Like what, what ism would that be? Like <laughs> American, Americanophobia. I don't know what you would call it, but like, you know, that's like, that's really insulting because I had read something when, uh, right before season one came out or maybe, it was right after season one dropped on Netflix. I think it actually was. I think it was the week after. And um, he, the uh, director was asked a question about, um, I'm not sure if it was the director, creator, writers, whatever, but they were asked a question about uh, the time jumping because some people weren't. And they had basically said, um, Speaking of the EU, we have a bigger following here for The Witcher than Game of Thrones by like a significant margin. He said, we already have our audience in place. So we're comfortable letting it rip like that because our fan base is already attuned to the world of The Witcher. So like, you know, if anybody has a problem with that, they can fuck off. And it sounds like what you're telling me is they went from that to saying like, yeah, now everything we had said about 
you know, having that audience base, we're trying to expand our base to America and Americans are, you know, fucking like these feckless little assholes that don't like foreign films that don't like reading subtitles. So we have to cater to these overweight fucking, you know, hamburger eating fucking dipshits. If that's the truth, then fuck you, man. Yeah. So that yeah, so that could be a sorry about that rant, people. but so yeah, that could be a factor in why people like you know gave this season lower, lower ratings as well. So. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say they gave it lower ratings. I I would say they gave it abysmal rating. Like this is like you know when uh you find out that the ship can't be redirected and you're hitting you're heading directly into the center of the sun. <laughs> the the asteroid like the missiles have failed like collision is imminent like you know this this is like you know days before the armageddon doc i mean these ratings were appalling i mean we've talked a lot about on this cast how like a lot of like you know i don't really go for rotten tomatoes and you know the toxic social networking and there's but IMDb users, the people that are actually registered to, you know, place their votes, they're, I would say most of them are film buffs. I guess I trust their um, opinions a little bit higher over the opinions of others. And I mean, there wasn't one. I think the there were two episodes that were rated 6.7. That yeah. was the highest it got. It didn't even break seven. So, I mean, that shit is that, I mean, they were rating this like, uh, it wasn't even like mediocre. I mean, it was awful. Your favorite episode, I think you said was uh, episode seven where Cersei was in the desert, correct? No, no, no. My my favorite episode was the uh, ballroom. But before we get into your favorite episode, episode, why don't you like recap like the... uh, Well, I was just going to say that episode uh, in the desert, that broke... That was 4.2 on the IMDb scale. And it ha- this isn't like a few people. It had tens of thousands of people that voted on this. So, I mean, people thought that this season was abysmal. I did not have that feeling. No, I felt that the, I, before getting into it, like, I thought that, yes, season one and two were much stronger than season three, in my opinion. But I didn't think season three was something where, like, I watched it and was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I thought it was a little bit lesser, but I still thought it was, like, of the same caliber and quality uh, that we've come to expect from yeah. uh, the acting and writing. Yeah, I thought right? it was a pretty solid uh, season. I think, I'll, I'll, and I think a lot of people's biggest disappointment was, like, watching that final episode and being like, well, that's the last time we're going to see Cavill yeah. as the Witcher. Yeah, that that got yeah. me. And yeah. he really went out on a strong note. Like, I felt yeah. like, you know, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to make the reference because you wouldn't understand. But, like, I'm thinking, like, at any point when Henry Cavill was slicing – those uh, Nilfgaardian soldiers up when he was taking the sword to their skulls at any point did he see the creators in his mind or at least the, 
the producers, yeah. Yeah. the producers, you yeah. know, the people, you know, there's so many, I don't know exactly who is, um, who is responsible per se for the direction the show is going to take. I'm assuming that it's more than just one person. Yeah. Um, the writers are writing this into this or, I mean, are, what degree of hold do the producers have on the writers? Like, are the producers able to dictate where the writers go? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. They, they have final say and everything. They, so, yeah. they have the final say. So does it stand to reason that it's possible that the producers or the writers wanted to take the show in a direction closer to the books and closer to, you know, where the main witcher fan base would want it to go and the producer said nah we want more money and we think that our best chance of getting that money would be to expand our audience to the you know to get the most possible views and that would probably be in the united states and therefore we want you guys to rewrite things and go in a different direction that we think is going to be a little bit more American dipshit friendly. Do you think that that could have happened? Yeah, absolutely. That could have happened. Do you yeah, think I mean, that that's likely what happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's likely what happened, but I, um, yeah. What else are I going to say? What, um, yeah, I hope sorry. so. I mean, I hope they, I hope they, uh, I'm yeah. upset about this. I'm upset. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot to go into, but uh, yeah, yeah it, but, is, it is a lot to go into, and yeah. I don't want to like you know rant on here for make this a two-hour podcast, but yeah. like I'm upset. I'm yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm I hope very I hope Liam Hemsworth does a good job, and I hope he gets to fin- and I hope they get to finish out the series, and it doesn't just get canceled on, on a cliffhanger. Well, I but. looked at his picture the other day. Well. I actually was looking at his brother's picture, but then I went back and looked at his picture when you dis- when you um, conveyed to me that these were two separate entities because I was not aware of that. Yeah, and I looked into his eyes, and I could see Geralt. Although I think his brother looks sl- because of his age and like Geralt's age in like the Witcher universe, I thought like a 40 year old might do a little bit of a better job than a 33 year old because I see Geralt as not like a middle aged man, but like you know, a little bit closer in years to his brother. But like, I looked at him and I can see Geralt, I can yeah. see him. In the costume, you know, I, I, I can picture it. There's been other times when people like, uh, for example, the Spartacus debacle. Well, I mean, they couldn't do anything about that because the main actor that played Spartacus became unavailable. And so they needed to go with someone else. But when I saw that scrawny motherfucker, I was like, dude, you're making him Spartacus? But yeah. at least in this case, with... um. Is it Christopher or this Hemsworth? Liam. Um, I can see see Liam as Geralt. Like, I can picture him. 
Um, apparently he's out there. Sh- I think they had already shot some stuff or before the strike. But have you heard possible. anything that he said about? Has he um had any interviews where they've asked him like, "Are you looking forward to like? Do you have any sound bites or any text or anything that he said? Like, I mean, is he like?" I'm just wondering, like, sure, there was uh, back when he announced it, but I haven't read anything recently. With, I didn't bring with Cavill. He, you know, had said that this was, you know, a dream role. Like I said, you know, this is his favorite video game, one of his favorite characters. I was just wondering if Hemsworth had said, like, you know, I have a similar feeling about this, or, well, hey, the role became open, and uh, you know, I auditioned for it and got the job. You know, is it something like that, or is he pumped up for it? You know, and that's, I guess, why I'm upset. I don't know about these things, and um, you know, we're losing the guy that was our Geralt for three seasons, and I thought he was fucking fantastic in the role. So yeah, uh, well, why don't we talk about this season? Uh, yeah. So- Cavill leaving uh, the series. Um, oh, it's just a bit. I mean, that is the big story. I mean, that's just was on my mind the entire season. Like, dude, you're going to be gone. Yeah. But, yeah. Getting into the season. Yeah. Getting into the season. So um, it picks up uh, with them kind of on the run, trying to stay together, trying to stay in hiding. Um, everybody has their powers back, which I liked. Nobody like. You know, they didn't nerf any characters with their powers at the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, the I mean, in, in the beginning, there was the big thing about the mistrust between Geralt and Yennefer. Yes. She was trying very hard to do everything in her power to gain back both Geralt's trust and ultimately uh, the romance that they had to gain back both his trust and his love. Yes. Which was something that, um, you know, Geralt was like very steadfast and said, you know, I'm never going to trust you again, basically. I mean, but, it did take like four or five episodes for that to come around. In which the I back liked. of his mind, like, yeah, yeah, but in the back of his mind, he knew he wanted to trust her again. Yeah. Words and actions are not the same thing. And like, I think she knew if she was willing to do like real buck wild shit and put her life on the line, like eventually he would come back to her. They both kind of knew that about one another. I mean, it's yeah. deeply entwined in the, the story and, but the video game and the books and the show as well. So, I mean, you kind of knew that that was going to come to pass. I'm just glad but, it didn't happen. Like in one or two episodes, I'm glad it yeah, like, no, no, it, like, it, it, it took their good. time, like building up that, trust between them and before like they were finally like yes, yeah it them. was good that they weren't banging after like the yeah. first 50 minutes like at you know at the end of the first episode yeah well, remember all that shit you did last season yeah don't worry about it let's just fuck let's just fuck yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um but uh I will say one thing just general observation I would say this was probably the most well I, I think everybody would agree that this is probably the most slow-moving season. Yeah, it, it did take a little while ago. I mean, this, this one kind of went a snail's crawl based on the last two, which had 
rapidly evolving character. Of course, you know, the first season, like we said, there was a lot of jumping around, but I thought, you know, season two was um, moved along at like a decent clip. And season three, I thought was at a snail's crawl compared to the last two. But there was a lot of complex things going on between like the Scoia'tael elves and like their kind of unsteady allegiance to Nilfgaard. There was a lot of secrets. I mean, for God's sakes, the fucking emperor had um, the leader of the Scoia'tael's child murdered under like false pretenses and framed it on somebody else. And, you know, so there was, I mean, I guess they had to slow it down to some extent, but it was slower than I would have liked it to be. Yeah, to that aspect, like, I felt like, you know, like, this series was trying to be the next Game of Thrones. I felt like this season was the most Game of Thrones-ish because of all, like, the plotting and, like, yeah, they, they, I felt like they covered even more ground with like you really got into like the, the some more of the elves and the brotherhood you got you kind of got what the white wolf was a little bit more after because we didn't really get into him to, i'm not the white wolf the, the white, white flame yeah like it was, wasn't revealed to the end of the last season like who he was and shit like that so uh but at the same well, time i didn't well, go to back you. yeah to me but i didn't go back and rewatch any of the series before like i did with game of thrones so it was a little yeah. different like for me, just watching like a recap and being like, okay, so it was still like, because I didn't go back and rewatch everything, like, and, and like look at it like a map of like where everything was. Like, that, that's what the uh, Game of Thrones really did well with the intro. They showed you like the map every episode and like they showed mm-hmm. you which houses were doing, were where and what, and like what this episode would cover. That was well done. It was very reminiscent of the game. As the game progresses, they would show that same map and it would go to exactly like that was like directly for the video game buffs. So like I picked, I thought that was really good. I I enjoyed that very much. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if the Witcher did that as well to me because just because I wasn't, you know, I didn't go back and rewatch it. I wasn't anticipating the next season as, as much as I was with Game of Thrones. Yeah. So yeah. and I didn't. I still haven't read. I mean, I didn't start reading the uh, Game of Thrones books to like the fifth season, probably, and I've only finished the first one. So, I mean, I have time because he still hasn't finished the other two books. So it's yeah. not like I'm in any rush. Yeah, I I read I read like, the uh, first two books. Uh, I yeah. I have plan on getting into the, uh, but I mean that's I mean they're not small books. So, no, I mean. no. At least with The Witcher, like all the books were already written. So yeah, it should have been a lot easier to map everything out. And like, I would just put this in there. Um, Yes. All the Witcher books are written, but like in order to know which, because the Witcher book initially, it was just a bunch of short stories which, uh, you know, the author then got, was told like, yo, you know, you should really try to structure this and formulate it into books because the books are sort of a collection of shorts that the author then took and put together into novels. But when they were released, you would think logic would stand that you should read a book 
in the sequence in which it was released. That would be the proper sequential order. But with the Witcher books, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. Like a friend of mine who I had given the audio books to wanted to know which book he should listen to first. And I was like, you need to go on Reddit or go online somewhere if you want to read it in the correct sequence of events. You have two choices. If you want to do the time jumping, you have that. You know, if, if you enjoy your story told to you in different times and you can follow it clearly and that's your preferred style, that's, that, that's fine. If you're, you know, that's how Quentin Tarantino would probably prefer it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if you want to actually read the books, like, you know, you're sort of new to the Witcher universe and you want to see it in the actual time. I mean, they're still jumping around in the books, like in the stories, there's uh, flashbacks in time, but like that's normal in any story. You know, there's flashbacks to earlier periods when you're telling someone's story. But if you want to actually uh, read in the normal sequence of events, you don't start with the first book. There's a particular order. You, I think it goes. Okay, like but my point is that like, three, all, four, all like one, two, I'm just saying, like, yes, all the book they're all already written. Yes, yeah, I, I yeah. was just saying, but like, yeah, I wanted to point out yeah. the Witcher is sort of unique in that that if you want to wa- read the books in the correct order, you don't start with book one, book two, book three. You have to like go online and like find. That out. So like, it's kind of like you know how do you how do you start watching Star Wars in that sense? Do you start with yeah, the movie yeah, or do yeah, you go watch yeah. the prequels first? Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's a very good analogy. Like it's like uh, for for yeah for Star Wars, if you're new to it, you want to watch the original trilogy first, and then maybe the prequels. But yeah. if you've already seen it, you want to watch your chronological order, then you would go back and watch episode. Well, one. you know, it, and maybe that's something that you would tell if a friend came up to you and said, you know, I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies, and those people do very much exist, and they're yeah. our age or older even, and you know, they were like, yeah, um, you have any idea which order? That's what you would have to say to them. You're like, you know, you have two options. You can, you know, watch it as they were released or and or you can watch it as like they were sequenced in the timeline. Yeah. You know, from, they even have like that other I forget what the cut is called, but mm-hmm. where you watch like four or five and then the prequels and then watch six. So no, you're no, getting like brains out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back to the Witcher. Uh yeah, so what I'm saying is, like, at least all these were written ahead of time, so they had a, a way to map everything out ahead of That's time. That's correct. Unlike, unlike Game of Thrones, where they just had to make shit up towards the end. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what they, yeah, pretty yeah, much. That's what they had to do. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, I don't want to get too deep into, like, you know, breaking down every episode or whatever. No, but I don't either, except about, for one. Yeah, I, yeah, the, uh, the, ballroom the ocean's 11 episode as i uh, yeah 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 pretty much and that was a very game of thronesy type episode too yeah there's a lot of plotting different yeah the garden of betrayal type thing (laughs) 
there's a lot of scheming going on. Um, you know, uh, especially I like that uh, one thing I just want to mention. I like the actress that plays uh, the witch, uh, Sabrina. And or the sorceress Sabrina, and she was much more predominantly featured in this season than she has in any of the other previous. She barely had any dialogue in the yet, she's been in everything, and her character name constantly comes up. The actress pretty much had like very few lines in this. She was like a prominent character. She was a power player. You know, um, you know, she was trying to seduce Geralt like the entire time. Which everybody kind of has their own agendas. Yeah. Yeah, And in it's weird though, because like in the books, it's more Triss that's constantly trying to seduce Geralt in this, like Triss and Geralt really don't have any like intimate relationship, carnal uh, knowledge of each other. In this, it was kind of like Sabrina. She was like, you know, she had her own thing and it's just crazy because her character in the last two uh, seasons was just name only. Like yeah. you would see her like walking by in the background. That was it. <laughs> I mean, see, it seems like everybody's trying to bang Geralt, but uh, <laughs> that's yeah. just... well, I mean, she was. It's not like you know you walk by someone you're like, huh? You know, I think she might be interested in me. What do you guys think? <laughs> Sabrina was just like, yo, I'm trying to fuck. Are you down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in front of everyone, they didn't go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she did not, and they there there was a mention uh in the punch ball. They're like um, they mixed in like ecstasy or something like yeah. that. It was like right yeah. before Daryl and Jennifer were about what did they say an aphrodisiac or something yeah. like that yeah. or yeah um I can't remember what uh they called it, but it was like yo somebody mixed a mixture of ecstasy and quaaludes into the alcoholic punch. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody was getting I mean that's a party right there yeah, man. She, was, she was trying to get it so everyone was banging at the end like yeah, she, dude, she, wanted, she wanted people fucking cutting loose and you know this is it's interesting too because you know this is a major major conference you know it took a lot to put this together it took a lot to have both sides all coming to the negotiating table together. So this is like a big moment. They talk about like, you know, this is like the way they describe it is like, if we're not able to get some concessions and negotiate and hash things out, we could be starting World War III. So this is a very important event that took a lot of effort to, um, you know, even get everybody at the same location. But yet when they party, I'm, I don't know, maybe that was like part of the strategy. Like, yo, like we drugged the punch. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, we're trying yes, to- when you're drugged up, you're like more likely to spill your secrets. So yeah, and- it's just like, you, you would think though, that they would be very careful trying to carefully like navigate the, uh, tense political waters. And like, you know, people were just over there like, yo, let's party, man. Like, let's get naked. Like, you know, yeah. Well, she, she was like, yeah, I'm here for this like real serious concert at the same time. I'm going to fucking have fun and fuck whoever I fucking want. But the whole point of like that, also the whole point of that sequence was for Yennefer and Geralt to find out who had been like 
you know, capturing these girls and uh, these half elven uh, uh, girls and torturing them and, and killing them because they had found yeah, one. Torturing uh, them and like uh, fighting. I mean, that that was really fucked up. The whole series thing, a uh, series thing. Do you want yeah. to explain that at all about like uh, how they were like implanting series memory in other girls and like trying to make like another girl like think she is Siri or she yeah. was like having like psychotic breakdowns and. I yeah, mean, it was the way, really, uh, like you know, Doctor Manglin type shit. Yeah, I think that's what, definitely what happened to that girl at the end too. Who everyone kind of oh yeah yeah right now while she's off with the uh, the rats, uh, who that gang of kids uh, that had that huge bar fight. I thought that yeah. was a good sequence. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're they're apparently getting a uh, spinoff that's going to be a uh, prequel. Everybody's getting a fucking spinoff. It's, uh, <laughs> like the writers are back, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets their own fucking spinoff. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought they were good. I mean, I'd be interested. It's going to be before they meet up with Siri, but uh, it did seem like uh, where Siri ended up leaving off was like she wanted to like you know go out there and take her crown and like rule and by the end she's just like you know what i don't want this fucking responsibility and then yeah. uh, and Carol that, was, that like, was her whole constant struggle in the video game she was yeah, constantly and, running she did not want to fuck around like she just wanted to be with Geralt and Yennefer and Triss and like become like a warrior and practice her sword skills which the only thing i i mean they sort of showed it where Siri yeah. is training but like they convey her in this season she's a great warrior i mean she's got massive sword skills like she's a fucking killer like you know she can go up against knights i mean i'm not saying like she's a master and like could take on Geralt or anything but like she knows how to seriously handle herself yeah so there was a real jump in her skill progression the one thing i did not see very much well no, in the earlier uh, episodes they did, but like a big thing with series was Siri was controlling her power, and they d have not really made much progress in teaching Siri to be able to control the immense power she holds. But what they were able to do was teach her how to physically handle business and so there's a little bit of a jump in her skill set like you know what i mean she she knows how to really uh handle herself in melee combat with swords daggers and you know melee weapons but uh in terms of her like mental telepathy where she's able to actually you know just jump through worlds uh she's able to go back in time and stuff like that she holds the power to do all that they haven't made much progress in teaching yeah they only show they only show the uh, great hunt once as well the wild yeah. hunt wild hunt yeah they only showed them once one time after this yeah, yeah the wild hunt well i mean the wild hunt's a lot different um in the books as it is in the game and stuff i'm wondering how they're going to integrate that into this and i, was I like we that. a little bit more but well, we only I like that, that it's been a slow build up because that's yeah. the way it has yeah. to be 
But I mean, basically where they're going. I mean, I can't see them taking it anywhere else, but like the wild hunt knows about Siri now. Yeah. They want her. And it, in the next season, I'm hoping that they're going to have the wild hunt the way it was um, in the game where the wild hunt are basically just pursuers. They're constantly hunting Siri at every single second. Like their thought is getting Siri using her power for their own fucking sick ends. And that in the actual books themselves, the wild hunt doesn't really have much of a role, but I mean, that's irrelevant back to the uh, actual season. Um, yeah, but I'm excited uh, as to, and I'm wondering where they're going to take the wild hunt. I'm hoping that they're going to do that, have them as, constant pursuers and have the wild hunt um i'm also very curious as to how they're going to explain what the wild hunt is if they're going to go for books or game or maybe a little of both that's going to be very interesting but i guess the main thing i'm trying to say in season four i'm hoping the wild hunt is a lot more predominantly featured what do you think I thought they were going to do a little bit more than they did this season because we at the very end of last season we saw them and then it was like what like five or six episodes. I, I like the way them. they showed the race though. I like how they came in. Yeah, you yeah. Know me what too. I mean, like I'm it, just saying, it's it, really well done. Yeah, it just felt like it took a lot longer to see them again since we had last seen them, and then that was well, the only the build. The build up is slow because the way they follow Siri is through her power. They can kind of like almost smell her ability in the air. And since she's not able to use her power very effectively yet, the wild hunt has trouble tracking her. So as she gets more adept in using her ability, that's when you're going to start to see the wild hunt really pick up their game. Cause they're going to be able to basically, like in a moment's notice, they can be there if Siri does something like that. So at the end of the uh, desert episode, I thought she'd given up all her power. So she hasn't mm-hmm. really, she, she still has power then? Because otherwise the Wild Hunt's not going to be able to find her if she's given up her power. Or is she just going to end up getting it back? I, I, I don't, I, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure if she had completely given it up. Or she had just like, it was a thing where like, I'm just going to put it in the back of my mind. I'm putting it like, like because she is, well, the thing is she's of Elden blood. Yeah. So, I mean, what's in her is something that the only way you could really get it out of her would be someone who would have to like strap her down and use some kind of like really fucked up, like voodoo ritual. Like, you know, um, at the end of season one, Game of Thrones, what they do with Drago to try to like save him. Like it would have to be some like black magic stuff where they could physically take it from her. It's not something that she really has much of a choice in. I was thinking that that machine from uh, Princess Bride over there. Uh, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Fire something Roberts. Like, you're you're not really the 50. Dead. <laughs> not yeah. the fifty. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. But one thing I know is she. She 
she can't really give up her power okay. in the conventional yeah. sense. So it's something that's going to be there. And that's why it was so integral for uh, like the, um, the sorceress covenant, like it's why they had such interest in her because they knew that like that power in the wrong hands where she is just not able to control it. I mean, that could spell the end of everything. That's why everybody seems to want her. Yeah. Um, she she killed her or want my power. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that think that the best thing to do is kill Siri. And like, when you think about it, that actually does make a lot of sense at one end. It's like uh, with AI tech right now, like, you know, we, people want to regulate it and some people think it should just be destroyed. And that's like the thing with Siri. We don't even understand her power. We've rarely seen anything like this before. You know, we don't want to be fucked up, but killing Siri makes sense in terms of like wiping out a threat that could spell Armageddon. You know what I mean? So I mean Go on to save thousands. Yeah. And there was a very interesting scene at the end of the uh ball where all hell breaks loose where what's his name? Um I can't remember his name. Will the four is it? The one that has fire he hates elves and he like oh, yeah. uh has two fireballs in his hand and he's like, you know, he's pumped to go out killing as many elves as he possibly can. And I, I really liked the way he showed up because he was like locked in his chambers and he got out and he was like, Oh, I've been waiting for this but then he mentions to Siri real quick, like, you know, get out of here, child. Such and such is going to be waiting for you. And she's kind of like, wait, what? And then you see in the desert episode that, you know, associate of what was his name? Was it Will the Four? Uh, I have Will the Four. Do you know the character I'm talking about, though? Yeah, yeah. I just don't know all their names. Like I said, I'm not. Yeah, I, I can't. Rem- I can't remember. I can't remember his name. But you know, from the description, I mean, he was uh, the one that like wanted to dissect the girl in the first episode of season one. Yeah, you know, he, the witch in the woods. Like he wanted to the one that can like bend people to her will. That's when Geralt ended up like. That's what made Geralt the butcher of Blaviken because of his sick fuck game and he ended up having to kill like what like a dozen soldiers or something like that you you remember that first sequence that's like the first like real combat you ever see Geralt in against other humans where you know he I mean I guess they didn't really explain that that well like how he got that name but yeah that's that's where he became the butcher of Blaviken and um whatchamacall and that sorcerer was behind it all um you know he was kind of like a bad guy throughout the uh first two seasons and this season as well but he kind of like came to the rescue but he also has his own shady agenda yeah yeah i could tell like he wasn't going to be the main uh villain because i felt like they were like kind of pointing you that way a little too easily yeah 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 yeah, it's kind of too i was like I was like, they're not making it that dumb. 
They're not dumbing yeah, it down. There's going to be several yeah. twists by the yeah. end of this episode. And then when that dude was talking about his favorite painting and shit like that, and I was like, "Oh, this yeah. dude is definitely the fucking this dude's definitely the fucking guy." And I yeah. like that. Like everyone's trying to get Gerald to like his side, and he's just like, "Nah, dude. Like I'll just like you guys fight it out, and I'll just fucking he's deal." Switzerland man. That's Gerald hates politics. Yeah. Like he really hates politics, and he also hates war. And yeah. you know he like I'll he deal wants... with it when it comes to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, my job is to kill monsters. Yeah, like you know, my job is to kill the shit that goes bump in the night that you're all afraid of. Like that's what I want to do. Like, and it kind of pisses him off that he kills monsters that kill humans, and yet humans do a very good job of killing themselves, and that just frustrates him to no end. So, yeah. yeah. But that particular episode, how well was that done? I mean, the I thought that, like, the direction was excellent. I thought that the time sequence and, like, the pauses and the plotting were written very well and very well integrated. So that, like, although there were a lot of complex things going on, like the average viewer could really pick up on it. Like I thought they did yeah. it in a sequence that really made sense and was like easy to follow a hard plot that was going on. Yeah. They kept like, even though they would shift like people's perspective or continue the story, jump back, they would always show you, they would always give you like a pivot point. They'd be like, okay, remember this sequence? Like, well, here's a different yeah. angle of that sequence again. So you weren't yes, really, exactly. you weren't yeah so it was awesome that in some of the sequences like where they would show you like the direct conversation like you could hear what the people were saying you could see the other sequences in the background yeah like as they're happening and they kind of like shifted you around to the private conversation to the private conversation to the people spying on the conference and so really give you cool. more I, more I thought they did it really well yeah yeah, if anything, I, if I were going to go back and watch one episode from that season... It would that, that would definitely long. be it, yeah. I, I, I thought it was very impressive. Uh, apparently, a lot of people didn't like that episode, so I, I, I don't know. That one got 6.7. 5.2. No, 5.2. It was the big battle afterwards that got Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That, yeah, I guess maybe that dude was right, that people just wanted to dumb down, and that's why the uh, the action sequence was uh, irate than the uh, smarter episode. I don't. I know. thought that was. I thought that was really well done by everybody. I thought it was well directed, well written. I thought the costume design was good. Like you know, what I mean, I would like to thank the grips. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that was just like really, really, really well shot, and it would be hard for us to like because. There was so much intricate detail that was put into it. It would be hard for us here on a podcast to like be able to describe it to you. So, you know, you really have to like just watch the episode. It would be very difficult to go into yeah. like very detailed frame by frame. Like this is what's going on. Like let us explain all the conversations to you. But yeah, if you want to hear us. It'll talk about a confusing series. Just go back and listen to our dark uh, <laughs> episode, which uh, apparently, like a lot of people liked. But, <laughs> or at least you they know, listened to some yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, they actually but, liked it. <laughs> but I mean, um, the villain, um, 
getting, you know, trying to wrap up what happened in that episode. In the end, a new villain emerges. Like, you know what I mean? Like, basically, the guy that was plotting was um, Thessia's love interest, who had been a good guy in the first two seasons. He was a man that was the voice of reason, he, um, I'm just going to call him Will DeFore. Forgive me if I'm, uh, you know, mispronouncing or whatever, you know who I mean. Um, yes. he was the one that was always fighting with him because, you know, he felt that he was racist and had like, you know, just like these really wild views on like events. Like just, he had these really grim, very, he was very bigoted, very biased in his views. Um, he was very narrow-minded, had his own agenda. And so, you know, like you said, you kind of figured out he wasn't the bad guy because it would have been just too blatantly obvious, yeah. right? Like, like you that's knew he was a bad that. guy, but you knew, you could you could tell, like, he wasn't the guy that was manipulating. He wasn't the guy that was going to be the mole. He wasn't going to be the Judas. Yeah. He could have definitely been working under him, if anything, but. Oh yeah. And he still had creepy other agendas. Like he has his own plan for Siri. I mean, and he fucking wants to exterminate the elves. So he's a fucking asshole. He's still a bad guy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but um, it was Cessius' love interest that uh, reveals his true colors at the end of that episode. And I got to be honest with you. I thought a little – because I had said that I just thought he was a very unlikely candidate to be um, the bad guy, like, you know, the evil villain that's uh, plotting. But you had said something to me about it, how he was the bad guy in the books as well, right? Yeah, like apparently, he, like, he was, that battle between him and Geralt at the end, oh, like, happened in the books. Yeah, well. and uh, – There was like a quote he had where he was like, I mean, he went from being a good guy. And then when he revealed himself, like I had initially said, I felt that it was too ridiculous that he came out too evil, how he was telling Geralt, like, you know what I like to do? I want to like bash you or like break you so that your brain come out your ears. And I was like, all right, man, that's a little bit fucking over the top. He went from like a good guy to like a full blown, like fucking evil, like masochistic asshole. Yeah, like he was trying sadist. to get Carol to like, his side the whole time. But I guess not masochistic, sadistic. Yeah. Like he went into like a total fucking psycho. But now, after you had said, you know, about like how you didn't think that that was done wrong. You said, you know, you felt that that was like done appropriately. Like you thought it was done right. It, you know, you, you felt that jam. Um, I thought about what you said and I kind of changed my opinion because, um, he talked about how much he was suffering by having to pretend that he liked, the people he was around for so long. Yeah, you could and, tell in that speech when he was talking about like where the the 
they first landed or, or wherever, like he was like, Oh, this, this painting of mine. And like when he was trying to get Geralt to his side, like you can kind of tell there, he was like kind of going off the deep end of like, he really wants to fucking like just yeah. let loose a bit and fucking. Exactly. Well, you think about what would it do to a person if, you know, you had to, for years, you had your plot and you hate it with great intensity the people that you were around and you had to pretend to like them you had to begin sleeping with a woman who you thought was very weak and pathetic that you didn't like at all and you slept with her romancer got her into thinking that like you know you were the love of her life whatever what would that do to your psyche if you had to keep your hatred for all them inside. So based on what you said, like I kind of feel that, like yeah. that would make that, you want to go crazy. Yeah. And that was the that first would make you he a little like, genocidal. He, yeah. That was like kind of the first time he was able to like open up and like just release yeah. all his anger was at yeah. Harold. Yeah. He was like, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. He had said like, do you have any idea how much this has pissed me off? Yeah. He was like, this is fucking freeing to me being able to be like, all right, you're not going to join me. Fuck it. Like you're against me now. Like, fuck you. Yeah. But he also, I mean, he goes after Siri and he was like, um, his story was like, he was aligning with the elves. He was also aligning with Nilfgaard. And uh, just to save us a lot of time, I don't think their characters were too significant, but the Nilfgaardian general and the um, black sorceress who... I liked her. Who was yeah, like, she was like uh, put down to die as being a wine tester to see if it was poison. And, yeah, I thought sure her... Yeah, and I mean, that, I guess those are two characters that we kind of should have talked about, but like, I just... I don't want to like go on this like, you know, too, too much uh, just for time constraints. But, uh, you know, I wanted to just at least acknowledge those two characters. They both survived and kind of met up at the end. Um, But his role, he was aligned with all them. But, like, you can tell that he kind of wants Siri for himself, too. And, like, you know, he has, he pretty much plans on betraying everyone. Like, he has his own agenda gone crazy from having to cuddle up to these people for X amount of years. And at the end you think, well, he does survive, correct? Which, because he's, yes, yes. He's with series when the building blows up and he gets like blown back. I'm just wondering, he does survive that and come out at the end, correct? Like, he survived that explosion when the whole thing, like, uh, I I watched it a while ago, so I yeah. don't really remember. But you see him blow up, I'm pretty sure he survives it and comes out at some point and his face is, like, all torn up and stuff like that, I think. Because, yeah, he takes <laughs> he takes that whole blast to the face yeah. um, when Siri, like, touches that... Um, whatever the fuck it was and like ends up in the desert. Like, you know, he gets blown up, but like somehow survives it. And then, um, you know, uh, yeah, he's going to be a major, uh, evil player in the future. Yeah. And, uh, I think they, one other character that I quickly want to mention was the, uh, guy who was trying to 
kill Siri, or at least at the end, like Siri wanted to get her revenge on uh, him, and 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 she and at that point he didn't want to like uh, fight her anymore, and like was like you you know what you deserve you can kill me, and then kind of defends and lets her get away. Yeah, this was like it it was her revenge. It was who she had been after for a while, and um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked his character. Like, I, I, I liked. I mean, he was the white flame was making him do some really fucking terrible things too. He made him kill basically like not only a good friend, um, an acquaintance he's known his whole life, also a brother in arms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Someone that he's to show his loyalty. He was like, yeah, you gotta kill this dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then the next task he gave him was also really fucking brutal. Um, yeah. So he's, he's punishing that man. Like, you know, I mean, he like let him live, but like, he's certainly making him earn his way back into the circle of trust. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, at the end, we see him terrible, terrible things. At the end, we see him take on those uh, four guys on horses as Siri yeah. gets away, but we don't see what happens to yeah. him. Uh, he, lo- he, loves, he loves Siri. He had, he has like a serious, um, he wants, he wants to see her, um, he wants to see her live and grow. He, he has great affection for her. And, um, you know, I, he does not agree with, um, her father's vision for her future. Um, he cares a lot about her. And then of course, at the very end, we see, um, the white flame proclaims that he has his daughter back, which is weird because I guess we'll see. The thing is, is he hasn't seen Siri in a very long time. No. So he's he'll figure it out. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, or someone's going to expose it for him probably, yeah. but like he f- basically finds the fake Siri, the one that's had like her fucking memory, like Siri's memory implanted into her. And, uh, yeah, so he thinks he has his daughter, which, um, will end the hunt for Nilfgaard to Siri. But, um, that's kind of cool because now that gives more room for the wild hunt to get involved. That's but going now to- Geralt's going there to get uh, Siri back because that's where he thinks. Yeah, so things is. are going to be very complicated. Uh, yeah, yeah. Into, and and he's just so Hemsworth is up to the task, and he's definitely picked a side at this point too. Like, he yes, yeah, yeah, he is uh, party either. Well, he's sort of neutral in the realm of politics, but in terms of like. Uh, see, Dijkstra is another uh, character that we have. He, I mean, he came into his own in this season too, and I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about his character in um, other seasons. But him and uh, Philippa, the sorceress that constantly transform into an owl, like um, they have also like very deep character buildups, but um. Shit, I lost my train of thought. But Geralt has definitely, yes. He has at least decided the people he absolutely wants no one to deal with. And with the end, that scene with Dijkstra, he's like, you know, 
I have chosen a side, and it is fucking against you. And the whole, I'm interested in where they're going to take the Redania situation, too, because that was a whole bunch of plotting that we don't have time to discuss, frankly. But um, there was a lot going on. There was, yeah. a, there was a lot of subplots going on, very Game of Thrones-esque. In that you have just a lot of fucking shit going on in the background. And, um, you know, the writers are going to have to figure out, like, how many seasons is The Witcher going to go for? Because there's a lot of stuff uh, that is still yet unresolved. I mean, this franchise could last for a lot longer. I mean, this this show could be on. I could see it going for eight seasons. Yeah, you know? we'll, we'll see how well we go. Not it on, yeah, it depends on how well the next season's received, uh, really. Uh, if yeah. people watch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Watch yeah. New Witcher, yeah. In terms of Netflix, like uh, Netflix deciding whether or not they want to like renew it in terms of like how profitable the show. Well, I guess that goes back to what you were saying in the very beginning. Um are they able to um, pick up a bigger following in season four than they have? Are they going to reach these uh, classless, tasteless Americans and get the show better ratings? Because I guess if they feel the need to branch out, then Netflix must be putting the screws to them a little bit, right? where they feel like they have to do this. And Netflix does not have a very good track record with me right now. So I'm um, just saying, but I could see this going. Um, I'm just talking in terms of the story and the material they have. I mean, there were what, seven or eight books. I think there were eight, but like I said, um, I haven't, yeah, I haven't read not any. Not 100, it was year seven or eight. I could see this going, I mean, the material is certainly there for there to be as many seasons as there are books. And I think they've been covering like one or two books a season though. Yeah. At least this yeah, past they, from what I read. But again, I haven't read the books, which I mean, maybe at some point I will. Uh, yeah. Or at least that's get up a conversation where, for uh, another day. Yeah. At least get up to where they are in the seasons or something like that. But yeah, I hope Liam does a good job. Uh, Cause I, yeah, I've watched more seasons. So I hope people yeah, I'm, I'm very immediately. Yeah, I'm very disappointed Henry's gone, but, like, I'm not, like, rooting against Liam. Yeah. Like, I, I, I hope I hope the transition is as seamless as possible, and um, I really hope that uh, this show shines, and I, I really hope that uh, they have um, the success that they're after. I hope they reach a longer audience, and um, I, hope, uh, I hope there's a lot more Witcher to come. Yeah, I kind of hope they do it in a way that, uh, like they did with uh, when they replaced Terrence Howard uh, with Don Cheadle in uh, Iron Man too, and and Don Cheadle's just like, yeah, uh, it's me. I'm here. Get over it. <laughs> like, you know, what I mean, they, you'll, have, you'll have to forgive me. I'm ignorant too. I've never seen it, but yeah. um, you know, I'll, I'll take your word. They don't bring it up like the fact that actors have changed. He's just like, yes, it's me. I'm on that same character. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> like there's kind of an in joke there. So I thought that was done really well. But yeah, they said they have an in universe, you know, way to do it. So let's hope it's good and hope people watch it and don't just shit on it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I hope everybody has an open mind. Look, yes. you know, there's nothing we can do about. It. We can't beg Henry to go back. Like. 
he's gone, you know, Liam's taken over and, uh, yeah, I wish him all the best. And I am looking forward to next. I will say my expectations are lowered because of this sudden change, but, uh, you know, I, I wish them all the best and, uh, I really hope they don't let us down. Yeah. Well, uh, that about wraps it up. Uh, thanks for joining me and, uh, check us out on the Facebook uh, group and you can listen to our podcast, uh, wherever you get yours on Spotify or iTunes. And, uh, we'll probably talk about, uh, seasons one and two of from next. That was, oh uh, yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about from, I think, uh, sometime in the future, we're going to be talking about, um, a little bit about horror video games and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's, um, there's a lot of material out there, a lot of content to cover. So, and that new Mike Flanagan series fall of house. Oh yeah. It just came out today, right? Uh, this past Friday, on Friday 13th, I believe. Oh, it just came. Oh, all right. Cause I got a notification saying that it came out today. I didn't know, um, that it came out. I guess you had mentioned it, that it was coming out on Friday the 13th, but yeah, that's, uh, definitely something that I plan to, uh, begin watching in the next few days. But, uh, yeah, thank you all for joining us, doc. It's a pleasure as always. And, uh, we'll catch up with you guys next time. Happy Halloween, y'all. Happy Halloween. Peace.